This is Opinionated Science from Technology Networks. I'm Rory McKenzie. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the placebo effect and the impact it has on scientific research. Joining me today, once again, is my colleague, Tiffany Quinn. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Tiff, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Excellent. So, the placebo effect. Uh, It's a a really interesting thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I've been excited to talk about this one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we're going to start by just kind of defining the placebo effect. What Mm -hmm. what is it? It's a a really interesting phenomenon which researchers have, have noticed for a long time because any treatment that's given in a clinical study has a context. Mm -hmm. So you don't just wake up and find a pill by the side of your bed. You might go to a university building or a hospital, meet a doctor who gives you a regimen, or maybe it's a more invasive treatment. You get an injection or have some surgery. And if we want to properly study that treatment and work out if it's effective or not, we need to have some kind of mimic treatment, generally called a sham treatment, that replicates everything of that context apart from the active ingredient of the treatment itself. Mm -hmm. It's the only way we can really assess whether or not it has an effect. But scientists have noticed for a very long time that patients given these sham treatments, where there is no active ingredient, often show benefits themselves, especially if they aren't aware they are receiving a sham. Mm -hmm. And this is called the placebo effect. The power of the mind. The power of the mind, the power of belief. But notice what I said there. Sometimes it works better if they know what, if it's not a placebo. But they've done some studies that show in fact that when people are told that what they're getting isn't effective, you've been given a sugar pill. Yeah. But sometimes it can still be effective, can still have a benefit, which Mm. I find crazy. I think the thing I actually think is the most baffling about the placebo effect is actually, it's like anything, like it differs again between people. So, you know, you can be you can be on a placebo trial and still the strength of your effect Uh will, will differ. And that's, again, I just find it crazy. But I guess, like you say, it's down to, well, it can be affected by so many things. It's like the context of a situation, your perceptions of like what you expect to happen. Um, I think they've all, all, they've done studies, haven't they? I think where they compare, um, they put people in three groups. And I think one of the groups, it was, they were telling them, it was like a verbal suggestion that, that they were going to get pain relief. And then the other one was like almost like a social observation where they kind of witnessed someone going through an analgesic treatment okay. or, or experiencing analgesia from right. a treatment. Um, and then the third group was, um, I think, I need to check, um, it was just that they were paired to, so they'd gone through like conditioning. So it was more to do with if they'd have, it's kind of complicated, but I guess it's like if you have taken, let's say we have a headache, and you know that when you take aspirin, you you have experienced analgesia in the past. Uh-huh. So if you're given something for a headache, you would expect it based on your previous experience that you would feel better. Got you. So it's these kind of, the tiny nuances, but they all make a massive difference. But I think what they found is, well, in this study anyway, um, was that your social observation was quite key. So mm-hmm. people that had witnessed someone else experiencing the treatment that they were going to have and seeing them have a positive effect had meant that they had more of a positive effect, their effect was stronger. And then that those levels were really similar to people that had um, experienced analgesia before. Okay. And then the people that were just kind of, suge- it was suggested to them verbally that, oh, this will help you. They had, out of 
they all had positive effects, but out of the three, they had the lowest, which is just interesting, I think, like in itself, just to understand yeah. that things can change so much depending on... Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I've seen a few times in my research for this podcast is that often the quality of the studies in analysing the placebo effect can be quite low. They're not very oh, robust sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Which makes sense because it's such a, such a subjective thing, right? Right, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's these fascinating studies which you can imagine must be quite hard to convince uh, funders to do, you know? Okay, so we're going to give them a, a therapy where we're actually going to tell them they haven't had it and just yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You know, researchers are under pressure to get successful results. So yeah. in 99% of cases, their research is going to be designed to get the the best result for their patients mm -hmm. that are getting the treatment that they can. But there's been a couple of interesting studies that mess about with this formula. So they had, uh, they had one study where they gave a group of people uh, a kind of surgery and told them that afterwards they hadn't received the surgery and that mm -hmm. it wasn't going to be effective. And then to another group of people, they gave them the surgery. Uh, uh, sorry, they didn't give them the surgery, but told them they had. And in fact, averaged across the patients, whoever had been told they were getting it, even if they hadn't, showed the greatest effects from yeah, it. Yeah, see, that's crazy, it isn't is, it? That it is, is crazy. Yeah. That actually makes me think of an anecdote. My granny used to be a nurse, and she said um, on the ward, if she was doing a night shift, she used to come across people you know, you know, that were, for whatever reason, they might have been in there for a really long time, or they might have been going through a stressful experience, or, but you used to get a lot of people that would be adamant to her and the rest of the staff, that we need sleeping pills, like, you need to give us things or we won't be able to go to sleep. And so the majority of um, the staff on the ward would just inject them with saline solution and they would go to sleep straight away. Right. But it was just because it was under the guise that they were like, okay, we'll, we'll give you, it's okay, we'll yeah, give it yeah. to you. And I'm like, that's crazy. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> well, I always, when I hear about the placebo effect, I always think like, you know, part of me is like, I'd never be tricked by that. <laughs> but there's been some interesting studies um, done by uh, in the UK here looking at the likelihood of getting a placebo if you go to your GP, your general practitioner. So they surveyed family doctors and asked mm -hmm. them, how, oh, often yeah, have you, how often have you given a placebo? And the statistic came back that over their career, 97% of GPs had prescribed a placebo. And that came into two different categories, either pure placebos, oh, which yeah. is like mm -hmm. uh, the nurses at your granny's hospital giving just completely inert, uh, inactive treatments like yeah. saline or sugar pill. And much more commonly, though, they were given impure placebos. So this is, you know, a doctor that's being harangued by a patient who desperately wants some medication for her virus, even though there's nothing that's particularly effective for it. And so she's given antibiotics. Mm, uh, which is an of... issue all in itself, as we yes, now know. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Wait till next time. You're not getting an antibiotic resistance podcast right now. You're going to you're gonna have to wait. Wait for that one. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think it's quite mad. It's like the, I think... I don't know if that was the study where they looked at they, the high percentages across like over a period of a year, but there's still even quite a few GPs that admitted to doing that like at least once a month or at least yeah, once the, a week. So the data crazy. suggested that while just 1% of GPs used pure placebos, that's the sugar pills, mm -hmm. at least once a week, 77% mm -hmm. yeah. of placebos uh, and pure placebos were given at least yeah, once a week. It's crazy, so, isn't it? You know, this, this crazy amount of... Um, uh, commonality within our healthcare system of mm -hmm. using these so it's a big deal the placebo effect and, mm -hmm. and people's response to to placebos is a, a of huge interest to, to medicine mm -hmm. and and scientific research uh, you know not even just because it can uh, you know provide ways forward for 
patients that have conditions that can't be treated by modern medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I personally think there's definitely a place for these kind of alternative therapies if a condition has no effective medication. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I don't think there's any point in saying to someone, we have no treatment for this, <laughs> so you're going to get nada. Yeah. You know, if, if someone's willing to believe that there is a treatment that will help them and it's not going to hurt their health, yeah. then why not give it to them yeah. if the placebo effect can be so strong for people? Mm, I think that's it, isn't it? Because I think that's a lot of controversy because I think people are always asking the question of like, where's the line with placebos, aren't they? So obviously in one breath, you could say it's unethical to kind of mislead patients on, which I think we've established, like that's not really what goes on. There's obviously Mm -hmm. lines that are blurred, like earlier when you were talking about that study where for research purposes, you kind of have to muddy the waters a bit. But I think generally speaking, that's not what placebos are used for. So I guess, like you say, if it's going to bring a benefit to someone, like... Could that really mm-hmm. in itself be, I don't know, could that be regarded as an effective treatment? You could argue that it would be. Yeah, I think this is where you need to have that idea in your mind of, is there something better I could be doing for this yeah. patient? Yeah, yeah. There was a study that looked at uh, a placebo given for asthma. Okay. And it noted that patients that were given the placebo reported that their symptoms were getting better. Yeah. But when they were assessed objectively, they had to look at their lung function, their lung function wasn't improved at all. It was just patient subjective reports. And that's kind of the balance, isn't it? What yeah. what is medicine for? Yeah, because I suppose if they feel better that's a value like that's a benefit in themselves. But then it's like, ooh, nothing's Exactly. Happened. I mean <laughs> truly, truly ideally you want to give them a treatment that is improving their lung function and making them feel better. Yeah. But you can imagine, you know, there'll be certain cases where if there's, again, no drug to make lung function better, then giving people a better quality of life is mm-hmm. surely the best thing. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I would say so. That can be asked for. Yeah. Um, I also think that uh, the considerations of people's trust in medicine is, you know, such a big aspect to this. Yeah. People might rely on alternative medicines and alternative therapies if they have a deep distrust of healthcare, maybe they've had a bad experience in their, yeah. in their lifetime. And as a, you know, a person who would call themselves a <laughs> scientifically minded guy, <laughs> you know, it might be instinctive to be like, well, no, people have to be treated within the, the mainstream medical system. Yeah. But I even if, if, if a therapy is, you know, effective to a, a small degree, you know, the, the effect size is small, mm. then are we going to see that effect size be reduced if people are really cynical and really disbelieving That's that true. the treatment That's a good will work? Point. Yeah. And at yeah. that point, is it better to let them use a, a therapy that, uh, that might be effective for them, even if in scientific research it's never going to prove to be effective because mm. there's no active ingredient? I think in the UK anyway, here, obviously, we've, we've had a lot of debates within the, the country about whether treatments that scientifically will rely on a placebo effect, for example, homeopathy, yeah. should be prescribed uh, on the health service, on our free NHS, you know, taxpayer funded. Mm. I think that's a, you know, this is, these are the kind of reasons why the placebo effect needs to be studied in more depth and more detail, it seems to me. Yeah, I didn't know that actually, about the homeopathy. I don't know if I did know that. Yeah. Did I know that? Maybe. I'm not sure, I, I but that's know, crazy, but yeah. It makes sense uh, though, it, it does make sense, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I found a really cool quote, which I wanted to read out. So this is from Robert Buckman. So he's a famous oncologist. 
Um, I'm also a professor of medicine at uh -huh. the University of Toronto. He had a fellowship at MD Anderson Centre. And he said placebos are, or he considers them extraordinary drugs. Um, and they seem to have some effect on almost every symptom known to mankind and work in at least a third of patients. And in sometimes up to 60%, they have no serious side effects and cannot be given in overdose. In short, they hold the prize for the most adaptable um, effective, safe, and cheap drug in the world, which I thought was quite Fair interesting. Fair play, Dr. Bugman. So, yeah, he's not wrong. That's my, that's my contribution. <laughs> yeah. But while we're talking about the amazingness of the placebo effect, we should probably mention it's evil twin. <laughs> Need to get like a sound effect in there, like, da da da. Um, the nocebo effect yes. is the evil twin What's of the, the placebo effect. effect. Well, then, thanks, funny you asked. So because the power of suggestion can be so strong and, and it means you can see people who are told they're having brain surgery show benefits from it even when they haven't actually had the surgery, it makes sense that if someone is told that a treatment has, say, a bad side effect, they're told if you take this pill, it's going to give you a headache, mm. they're more likely to report having a headache and, and having negative side effects even if what they've been given has no propensity to do so. Yeah. Which I think is, yeah, again, a really interesting aspect. Uh, to these. I, I will actually tell a funny story. I went to the doctors a few weeks ago just for a, a little old checkup, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm on a combination pill and they say one of those things is you do have a risk, a higher risk, not a very high risk, but a higher risk um, of blood clotting. Okay. Um, and she was Yikes. like, just checking, you know, you haven't experienced any, you know, issues. And I was like, no, not really. I was like, sometimes my calves, like my leg hurts if I'm on a long haul flight, but it's fine. I wear compression socks for that. She's like, cool, just keep an eye on it. No worries. And then literally later that evening, I was like, my legs, <laughs> my legs. I was watching TV and I was like, oh my God, my legs, I'm getting a blood clot. And then I thought, you idiot. It's fine. You've never experienced yes. it before. And of course, and I'm thinking, as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, I, I've done that to myself. So I'm proof that it can happen. Yeah. I'm fine. I have no clots. But that evening, okay. I seemed to... Uh... <laughs> the placebo effect had struck. And studies of the placebo effect seem to suggest it can happen in the same level of magnitude to the placebo effect, right? Yeah. So yeah. if all these studies that that people are, are agonizing about that have been confounded by a really strong response from the control cohort, mm. these are the people that are receiving the sham treatment, then it makes sense that in other studies where people are told there's these bad effects that you'd see equally strong reactions. Yeah. And in the same way you were talking about earlier that if you divide it into different groups that are given different placebo stimulations, yeah. one group, say, you know, given verbal encouragement, another group given demonstrations, the same goes for the nocebo effect. If patients are given a combination of different effects that are, or, or demonstrations that are yeah. that meant to encourage the nocebo effect, then they're more likely to show the ones the, that they heard or experienced. Or exactly. Yeah, exactly. so interesting. What yeah. do you reckon, like, I guess the implications of this would be? I mean, we've kind of touched on it. I guess it's as we move to, I'm just thinking, like, when you know this information, I think even as a healthcare professional, I think it's going to be mm. really important what you do and say and how you interact with a patient before or after a treatment and these are the kinds of things I think you need to think maybe more carefully about because like you say any any small thing can have a have, have an effect on the ultimate outcome I guess which is well the friends I have that have undertaken training as doctors 
say that a large part of their training now is about empathy and, and bedside manner. I mean, that's always been the, the yeah. classic trope, isn't it? Someone who's incredibly well book trained, but as soon as they're put in front of a patient, yeah, it's they're just like a social mess. And <laughs> oh, 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 that's what your results are. Oh no, <laughs> I mean, uh, you're you'll fine. Be fine. <laughs> you know, this is so hugely important. Is that? It's way more, you know, it's, it's, it's about way more than just what it says on the, the yeah. diagnostic sheet. It's about the, the manner, the context, whether the doctor is smiley and, and motivational. Yeah. And, you know, it can, can say, you know, you've got a good shot at overcoming this as opposed to the odds are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> over on these betting sites, <laughs> the odds would be, you know, it's, it's super important that this is the, the approach taken by medical doctors. Fascinating new study looked at the impact of the placebo effect over 84 trials of nerve pain treatments that took place over a period of 23 years. And they'd identified that over that period of time, the placebo effect as a whole seemed to have gotten stronger and had more of an influence in studies, but only in studies that took place within the US. Now in this article, they kind of theorized that this is all a social phenomenon. So it's, you know, about the massive flood of advertising within the US about drug treatments and drug advertising that increases ah, the expectation in okay. that in the population that yeah. treatments will help them and that you know there's billions of dollars being put into these drugs and they're going to be safe and well so that means when they turn up for a, tri- a treatment trial yeah they're like it's obviously going to be fun <laughs> I'll be I'll be go. I'll be healed by this and yeah. so in their mind they are that's really interesting i have actually noticed that just genuinely travelling like i think the last time I was in America, I noticed just on TV how many ads there were for like vitamin supplements and just in general therapeutics that advertise like mm-hmm. so commonplace on TV as opposed to the UK, which, yeah, it's interesting. So it means that both for doctors, there's this emphasis that social and bedside manner might become more and more critical if they want to make sure their treatments are working. And for researchers, the context and, and social attitudes to pharmaceutical research need to be considered. And, you know, it it puts forward this likelihood that trials are going to get harder to to pass. You know, all Mm. these phases of FDA regulations for passing drugs, the the strict clinical trial regulations that have to happen, these aren't going to be easier to pass if there's a stronger placebo effect that's making these control cohorts perform better and better. Yeah. So I think those are the the kind of two elements. Did you want to touch on anything else? No, I think we've covered... uh... A whole deal in a short time, actually. That's the placebo effect, then. Yeah. <laughs> now you know. Uh, we'll be attaching some papers and such like as we usually do to this podcast, so please take a read through them. And uh, if you've been listening for a few weeks, please do subscribe to Opinionated Science. And me and Tiff will be back very soon, I'm sure. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now.